welcome to At First Glance, a podcast where we take a glance at movies, television, anime, video games, and let you know if it's worth a second. And today we are talking about A Quiet Place Part 2. And I am your host, Jeremy McKinley, joined by... Brian Powers. Welcome back, sir. Welcome back, sir. Now, I be- back. now I believe back when the first one came out in 2018, right? And I believe that that was that was both that was you, mine, and Russell's number one movie of the year. I, I believe, right? I, I believe that is correct. So, yes. so uh, this uh, uh, this part two has a uh, has some shoes to fill. <laughs> it, it sure does. It sure does. Now the real question is, does it? Because uh, this, I remember seeing the trailer for this. You know, back uh, a year ago, back when we thought the world was going to be fine. <laughs> Supposed to come out in a couple of days, and the world shut down. Yeah, and I mean, I, I remember seeing that, you know, that like the one trailer I saw for it last year, and I'm like, that looks like, I mean, that looks fire. Let's go. You know what I mean? I'm ready to go. Let's, let's see what the story uh, continues. And the world was like, nope. I was like, all right, well, because I remember, funny thing, I, I used to go to San Francisco, and they had the poster for A Quiet Place Part 2 up for like eight months. And so I kept, yeah. and so whenever I'd go into the city, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that was supposed to come out this year. Yeah, yeah, I heard uh, a lot of people saying that, like, in L.A., there were posters of it everywhere, and just, like, up almost through the entire pandemic. <laughs> so I just kept reminding them, like, I wonder when that's actually coming out now. <laughs> <laughs> One day, when the world opens up again. Yeah, well, with A Quiet Place Part 2, we have John Krasinski back in the director's chair, and now, uh with complete writing credit uh, for this one. Now, do you know the uh, uh, the backstory of how we uh, of how we kind of uh, got involved with the second part? No. So apparently, he didn't actually want to direct or write the second one because I guess he he was very much from like the standpoint of like an audience member. Like, why do a second one? The first one is perfect. You know what I mean? Just leave it alone. And the studio was like, uh, uh, okay, uh, but, uh, you know, John, if, if you could maybe, I don't know, just maybe just write a little treatment that, like, you know, we could give to, you know, the next director, you know, and writer to do the next one, just do that. And, and John was like, sure, I'll do that. And halfway through, he's like, fuck, I want to do this now. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you know the studio, it made, but, like, $350 million on a $20 million budget. Yeah, the studio was like, hell yeah, we want to do another one. <laughs> Yep, and on its first weekend right now, A Quiet Place Part 2 is sitting at a pretty 89.2 million, so... I, yeah, in pandemic times, that's, that, oh, that's damn good. Oh, oh, yeah, man, I went to the theaters for this one. How about you? Oh, absolutely. I actually did an in-theater double feature. Oh, with one and two? Uh, no, I watched one a couple of days before, but I watched this one and... Uh, Oh, that's right. I saw you, I saw your review on Facebook. <laughs> yes, yes. I still have a lot more. I'm, you might be hearing a, a review for that one soon. Yeah, man. I, I, I'll be happy to hear it. Or, you know, if you want to wait, I'll, I'll check it out and we can talk about it together. You know, whatever. All right. That's called the tease be, in the because, business. Yeah, a tease, exactly. You know, just <laughs> just put a pin in that one we'll t- and we'll come back to it later. <laughs> yes, we will. But uh, A Quiet Place Part 2, uh, just, um, it's good. I'm just going to start off here with just things I liked. Uh, pretty much 
everything minus like one thing. I I I I thought this was an excellent sequel, man. I thought this was just a this was just a natural progression. I mean, it starts. I mean, they literally start off with the day one thing and and then kind of start off pretty much exactly where. Uh, the first one left off, and uh, it uh, it keeps up the momentum, which I think is a hard thing to do when you have a movie with such a unique premise to kind of like, how do you stay, how do you keep the tension when that was kind of, I wouldn't necessarily say the whole gimmick, but definitely uh, the originality it's, of the it's first a, one. It's a little gimmicky. Oh, well, it, 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 it's gimmicky, but it's like, how, but how long can you like, you know, like drain this for tension. You know what I mean? Like exactly. once, like once you know the trick, can it still have you walking on a tightrope? You know what I mean? Absolutely. I also, I also feel like it didn't fall into like uh, the traps that sequels fall into a lot of times. You know, like becoming a like a retread of the first, uh, what I call the hangover syndrome. Oh yeah. Um, you know, just doing the exact same thing all over again. Just do the exact same thing, but with a, a little differences, maybe more explosions. I don't know, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. And, and with this one, I kind of felt like it did, like, the alien versus aliens type of thing, where it kind of went from, like, more, like, straight horror, pretty much, uh, to a little, like, horror action kind of vibe to it. Because there's, like, a couple of, like, car sequences and, like, some... Like, they're doing, like, actual stunts in oh, yeah. this one. I mean, that opening day one scene alone is very action-packed. Yeah, Krasinski said that uh, he was most nervous in that one um, because... Basically, Emily Blunt was doing everything for the first time, and it was all live for that. A lot of it was, like, her doing the, like, stunt driving and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, am I gonna, like, get a divorce because of this movie? Right. Like, is she just gonna just break up with me? Because I'm throwing a lot at her right it's, now. It's, it's, like, it's like, but honey, the audience loves it. <laughs> yeah, and you're reacting real time, you know? It, it's genuine. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh it's like you're definitely uh you're, uh you're definitely playing with fire when you got your wife oh. in front of the camera. So. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. With the first one it was definitely like you know, like more about the parents and and you know, and being parents and what parents have to do to keep their uh or what parents yeah. are willing to do, willing to do to keep their kids safe. And this one is definitely more about the kids. And I uh, and I thought for the most part that it was done uh, it was done quite well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like it was like both of the kids were finding their way um, in this like terrifying kind of dystopian world that they live in, and finding their roles as like protectors and caretakers. You know. Um, I feel like like uh, Marcus, which was the boy. I also didn't know they had like names when they said she said uh, Emily Blunt said like uh, Krasinski's name in the beginning. I'm like, oh, they have names. Oh, Lee. Yeah, I was like Lee. Oh, did I hear them say names in the first one? I don't know. Well, um, funny thing is, I don't think I remember hearing names, but I remember seeing Abbott on their uh, on their mailbox. Okay. So I, and, and that was in the first one, so I knew that. I, and so I knew the family's last name. 
Gotcha. And then I and I and I think they may have said it a couple times, but I do remember, but I do but I do remember all their names actually being in the ending credits. So I know they all had names, whether they said them or not, I don't remember. Yeah, both the kids are kind of coming into their roles, you know, where um, Melissa Sin, uh, Simmons, her uh, character Reagan, I believe, uh, she's like protecting almost like humanity at large and like marcus is starting to like protect his uh you know his mother his um is it brother or baby yeah i don't even know if they said what gender the baby was yeah i can't i can't remember but uh but baby baby sibling and it's almost like a metaphor for like you know, the younger generations being, like, future caretakers of the world kind of thing. So, I, I, I dug it. Yeah, it's yeah, I, it's definitely, like, because, you know, you know, spoilers if you haven't seen the first one, you know, Lee dies. So, it's... What? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know where you were, but I cried my eyes out. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I rewatched it, like I said, a couple days ago. To be fresh on it, and it is just a gut punch it's, 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 every time. It works. It, it, it works like every my, time, man. It was like my third or fourth time watching it, and I'm like, man, that gets you every time. Yeah, just right in the feels. Like that music starts playing, and he just starts sounding like, "I love you. I've always loved you." I'm just like, ah. all right, all right, <laughs> all right. Just bring it down. This is definitely Millie's movie for sure in terms of just all around moving the plot forward. And uh, I thought, and I think she absolutely kills it. Uh, you know, she was, you know, she was definitely, you know, this newcomer they brought in uh, to the first one, and she was great there. And uh, Mr. Krasinski was, you know, like definitely put a bigger weight on her shoulders, and she, uh, and she not only bear it that way, but she danced with it. She was just great in this movie. Oh, I mean, you could just see how like she's definitely more comfortable in the role and as an actress and you could just see her growth um uh and her willingness to take risk and really just yeah like you said just shoulder the load and she's just oh man she was good she was really good yeah and she does and she has to do a lot through like you know face acting because she's you know she's signing most of the time and yeah and she can kind of read lips, but she needs to be like, see, like, have you like face her and like enunciate as she says in the I movie. I thought that was such a great detail, and I think I think something like that makes the difference of having an actual deaf actress rather than someone who's playing deaf, because like I'm sure she probably deals with that, and like you know, I, I bet you that's like something she added or like was talking to Krasinski about and through through that like they they came up with something like that I I, I would almost bet on it oh yeah uh, fun fact I heard um, John Krasinski he was talking about uh, he was talking to her mom he asked her uh, if she if you know if, if she's completely deaf or can she hear anything and, and he's and apparently her mom said that she actually that like super loud noises she can kind of hear but they're just like really turned down <laughs> And volume, so she can kind of hear things to a point, like a, like an explosion. She can hear, but it's like an explosion, but like on like like on like the one or two volume set. You know what I mean? Where right. she's like something's going on, but that's an explosion to us. 
And so he tried to work that into the sound mix for the opening scene. And also just whenever we're in her, like in her, uh, her perspective where it's all quiet and stuff. Yeah. And apparently it actually brought her mom to tears when she saw the movie. Cause it was like the first time she was able, like she's ever been able to like hear what her daughter he- hears and kind of connect with her more. So I thought that was a very touching thing. Yeah. And I love all the, when they do like, they cut the sound pretty much and then you just like see what's behind her and stuff i think they did that a couple times in the first one but just every time they did that you could just see the skills of krasinski and his like visual style just like developing on screen almost in real time yeah i mean honestly this i mean it's it's you you know is watching um Jordan Peele where we're just like wait when did you when did you have these talents <laughs> right and exactly it's not fair <laughs> it's like it's like your Jim from the Office you're handsome you're rich you're married to Emily Blunt and you and your talented director <laughs> yeah and you know during the pandemic he did the some good news and yeah that was a huge hit and sold the rights and stuff yeah you know he's I, I need to know he's, like, an asshole or something, because, like, there's got to be something wrong with this guy, because it seems like he's got it all. You know what? I'm sure he double parks. That's a good point. I <laughs> bet you he does. <laughs> so, uh, let's move from uh, heaping all the praise from uh, from Millie onto her brother, who I thought was also, or the, the actor who played her brother, who I think was also great. He definitely had to play the character that was less uh, active because of a certain thing, and... I'm not going to blame him for what happened because, like, there's a point where he gets loud and I'm like, I, I, I got nothing, man. I That looked like it hurts like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it's just so weird because you're just so conditioned Yeah. in, in the movie to almost no sound. And then that happens. It's like, you feel like you're in a different movie for a second. Well, you know? well also, like, you're in this... Well, also, because there, there are a couple of things. So, like, I love that there's, like, once something happens that makes that makes him make noise, there's a pause where he doesn't even know what just happened, right? Where he just, where, like, he's, like, he's more in shock before he's, like, oh, shit, this hurts. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and when he's, like, doing it, I'm, like, and when he's making the noise and the mom's, like, covering his mouth, I'm, like, like, I see the patience within her right where she's just like i know it hurts and i need you to be quiet but i'm but i know it hurts i'm so sorry and them having to just make moves to survive again like having the patience of a parent is just something that i mean i hopefully i will learn and develop one day when i become one but damn that just looks so hard like i mean just like you know like being a mom with three kids trying to survive out there having to carry this baby to keep this baby quiet and just yeah it's just lord have mercy (laughs) Like yeah, just the don't tension. Forget, you, don't forget, you got the baby in a box. <laughs> you, you, you got a baby in a box. Uh, you're running low on oxygen to keep that baby quiet. <laughs> oh, goodness. And oh, you know, and on, and on top of that, like I mean, one thing that's really understated with uh with Emily Blunt's character because she's definitely she I mean she's definitely here in the forefront for sure, but she, but she definitely has a more supporting role because uh because Millie takes more center stage. But just, like, I, I feel so sad for her character, Evelyn, because, like, her husband died, like, yesterday. And, like, she has, like, no time to mourn that. She just has right. to keep moving. Like, she gets one little moment on the way at the cross, you know, but that was literally about it. 
So yeah, and then and then like when she's talking to Killian Murphy, and she she is like edging towards saying that he's gone, but as she does, she just makes this face with just I mean, there's just so much sadness and grief and loss in that like just two seconds she makes that face with before she says like he's gone yeah because i mean and it's just perfect like you, you, she didn't even have to say anything in that moment and you knew exactly how she felt yeah brand that's called great acting <laughs> i know it's some, especially it's some, especially, and it definitely highlighted in a movie like this where where you can't use as many words, right? You, like you can't hide behind the words to to sell your performance, you know? You gotta like emote. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, so, and I'm I'm sure for like an actress of her caliber, it's just you know just juicy and, and something, you know, a challenge and just a way to to keep uh, one-upping herself, you know? Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts on, uh, on our man uh, Cillian Murphy as Emmett? I thought he was pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. So is it, is it Killian? Is it Cillian? I, I just say I, Killian. Okay, I've heard it Killian, but whatever. Mr. Murphy. <laughs> so, you know what I thought was interesting with this uh, movie is I feel like Krasinski and, like, the film itself kind of uh, knows that it kind of uses uh, Killian Murphy's previous, like, filmography and, like, penchant for playing bad guys to stretch out the like uncertainty on whether is he a good guy is he a bad guy we're not sure yeah i could uh, i could definitely see that i also like uh, like honestly you said uh, like like him being more of a bad guy i was thinking more of his role in like 28 days later he's like another survivor in like a dystopian <laughs> you know yeah, like like post like post apocalyptic where like except he's now, like the character that knows what's going on and has been surviving alone, right. and and is kind of like, like he's he's definitely like the the other direction of what they uh, did with. Uh, did you ever see War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise? Yes. Uh, do you remember that character they run into when they're hiding in his basement, and he's kind of crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like Killing Murphy is kind of like if that character went in a different direction. You know what I mean? Where, like, you know those characters where you're like, they could be good, they could be bad, or maybe they're, or, or maybe this whole thing is just making them crazy. And I'm not quite sure where I, where my feelings fall on them in terms of like, are they safe? Are they going to kill me? I don't know. Are, are they going to lose their shit in front of me, and or have some PTSD flashbacks and, and get me killed? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. And yeah, I think he did. A- great job and i i just i like how they didn't like try to replace john krasinski's character lee and instead they kind of shine a light on the differences between the two yeah but at the same time both showed that like they're like that you know like and i guess what i love i guess what i love about you know this one and the first one as well is just like even though 
I, and I guess uh, John Krasinski kind of brought this up, but like I guess like we very seldom get like horror thriller type movies where there's hope. You know what I mean? Like, I like I mean like they don't pull the punches when you know the you know the aliens come to wreck shop because boy do they wreck shop. <laughs> So, but at the same time, you're not, you know, just like hopeless by the end, because like, and and I would definitely compare this to like a movie, or I'll, I would actually compare this uh, this this movie to like uh, uh, the video game Last of Us. It has very Last of Us vibes. We have like you know, where you have like the uh, there is like a moment, there's like a time where uh, uh, Millie and Killian Murphy are like just uh, together doing like doing a thing, and it feels very uh, the characters Joel and Ellie from that, where you just have like a, you know like this grizzled old. Uh, man and this, you know, and, the, you know, and this young child just just trekking through this dystopian thing with, you know, with killer creatures that like locate on sound. <laughs> and you know, there's this like, what? Where has this taken everybody else? And I like that there's a balance of like some people have lost their mind, but some people have hope, and it's not just like all like hopelessness, because I guess horror always tends to just c- kind of go towards. Well, just survive, and that's all we all will do. Or this will just be like a simple kind of allegory for just how mankind is just going to, you know, uh, devolve into madness, and it's just and it's just inevitable and sad. Yeah, yeah, this one definitely has like, uh, yeah, like you said, as you're talking, um, I was kind of rolling through my head different like horror thriller movies, and it's like, yeah, no, you're right. There's not a lot of hope in those movies, and. Uh, yeah, this is kind of a a, tip, a different bag, and I, I love it. Yeah, it's it's definitely about. I definitely think it's. I definitely feel it's about the kids like having to step up. You know, the son protecting the mom and the daughter like going out to like find like find find something better for the family. You know, mm-hmm. and I just like I thought that was great. Do you have any favorite scenes that stuck out to you in this one? I mean, the, the the opening scene is, I mean, jumps right to my mind when, oh. when they first land, um, oh, especially yeah. when, when Emily Blunt's in the car. I mean, that's just, that was just spectacular. Oh. And, and I know how difficult something like that is, is to pull off. So anything, and you know, this still wasn't a big budget movie and like, that just impressed me. Yeah, it uh, it was it was, and they spent as much time as they could, like making things like selling long takes. You know what I mean to really immerse you in the action. Absolutely. Like you know, from Lee, like like going to the store, then walking in the baseball game, to walking back. I like like there were definitely cuts, but they definitely stitched enough to where it felt fluid. Whenever they're running, it's you know like. You're on the edge of your seat when, like, you know, like, oh, that's like, oh, that's dad, and then a car crashes, and then Millie gets out to go get, or Reagan, sorry, like, like, gets out of the car to run, and like the dad's like, no, 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 we gotta go this way. <laughs> it's like, it's like, and just that whole thing of like, you know, seeing what parents do to keep their kids safe, but in this unspoken, like, yep, if I were a parent, that'd be what I'd be doing, right? And it's just doing the best you can. And uh, yeah, that scene was, and those, those creatures, man, because I know, like, you know, it, like you, like you gave the, um, the alien to aliens uh, example, which I think is perfect, because they definitely don't uh, shy away from showing the monsters more, and uh, they right. they hit hard, man. When like they just ram those cars, <laughs> like they just cannonball into them, and I'm just like, shit. <laughs> I mean, it's... yeah, they like you said, they come in and they just wreck shop. 
Yeah. Absolutely wreck shop. And also the interesting thing about that scene is you see how confused Reagan is because she literally doesn't know what's going on, but things are happening so quickly, uh, Lee, her dad, doesn't have time to, like, sign to her because he's worried about, like, either starting the car or, or you know, getting them out of the car and away safe. That, yeah. Like, he, he can't he can't tell, tell her. her. He can't and tell her what's he, going on. Exactly. And, like, you just see the confusion because, of course, she's not hearing what's going on. She's just seeing the chaos mm-hmm. and how scary that is for her. Like, it really kind of it, it hits you. Oh, it does. And, I mean, and you know, like, even if you could hear and see, you would still be confused if that was happening. You'd be like, what? Run. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like all you know is survive, but you don't know what is happening. Oh, and, absolutely. And he, he was, like, in pure survival mode. Oh, yeah. And it was, <laughs> like, I mean, like, the moment that thing hits and he immediately runs on a dime, I'm like, yep, that's what I'd be doing. There'd be, there'd be no time to, what's that? Nope. <laughs> immediately run. I would say uh, a moment I thought was actually really, that's, that really stood out to me. And, and it was just like a tiny one. But uh, I like to call it Chekhov's Dive. <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. And... And I and when it came back, I was like, "You son of a bitch!" That was so well planted, because <laughs> mm-hmm. it was just it was just used early with Killian Murphy's character, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, that's cute." Because he's trying to teach her how to he she's trying to teach him how to do sign language, and then like later on, it comes back, and I'm just like, "Oh, so good." Uh, yeah, I kind of caught that one in my head. I was like, "Hmm, that that's a real specific word." <laughs> you know, it, just like. I just, like, tagged it in my head, like, oh, that's weird. That's a weird choice for yeah. a word to teach yeah. well, uh, well, it was a, Well, it was about baseball, though, so it made sense. Right. Because he was about, because he was... I, I, get, I, I guess in, in my, like, when I played Little League, back in my day, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I wouldn't say dive, I'd say slide. So ah. I guess I, I caught on that. Like, hmm, I wonder why they didn't say slide. Interesting. So oh. maybe maybe it was that. Well, I did not play little league, so you would definitely know more than me. So you're like, yeah, that's not right. As so, so I guess I guess I see why it stuck out to you more. You're like, that's that's I wouldn't use that terminology. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, it was something, and it's not like it took me out of the movie or anything. I just kind of tagged it in my mind, like that's odd. Yeah, for me, I and was then like, when it comes back around, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, and, and for me, like. I, I rarely ever tag things. I just, like, like if it comes back, I go, oh, yeah, I remember that. You know what I mean? But every once in a while, I will be like, oh, yeah, but but I, but I for me, I appreciate a good Chekhov's whatever moment that's that's planted earlier and paid off later. Like, in a way that where I, like, I noticed it, but I didn't just hang on to it to where it was so obvious that I knew that it was going to come back. So I was like, good for you guys. That was good. I like that. That was good. Right. And by the time it came back, I was, you know, it, it was like out of my mind pretty much and then I I recognized it. I was like, Oh, well done. All right. Good job guys. And then we just kept on going. Yeah. Now uh there's I I think I only have one real problem with this movie. Okay, so before we do that, I yeah. got one more thing. What you got? On the on the on the good side here. And let's talk about editing. Yes. Because the editing in this film is impeccable. 
Kish is phenomenal. It is so good. Like, at a certain point, you had three storylines running all at once. And the way it was put together, it's not just like your, like, Star Wars way of doing it, like, where it's like, meanwhile, over here... It's like juggling all of them at once, and they're all in the air, but they're all going towards a single purpose. Even though every, even though those three things happening aren't necessarily all towards the same literal goal. Right, and it all just kind of perfectly molds together, but also staying, like, distinct at the same time. Um, I mean, it's not often... I, I really, like, the editing really sticks out in my mind. Maybe, like, the really, really good stuff. But this one, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And it was just, it was just excellent. I loved it. Yeah, especially, yeah, especially the build-up moment at the end, right? Where you got the two kids, right. like, both, oh, yeah. like, both walking forward, like, kind of mirroring each other. It was just, it was, and it, I think it was especially good for, uh, for the brother, because he kind of, like, messes up uh, earlier. Yes, he, he definitely needed a moment to, like, like of redemption. Yeah. And it wasn't like he's a bad kid at all, but he definitely, he does something that's, like, probably my, my only fault with the movie that kind of, like, causes, like, kind of causes a problem. And had he not done that, he may not have been, that problem may not have been as big of a problem. <laughs> but, yeah. but just seeing him kind of, like, like, kind of stepping into his father's role of being the man of the house and, you know, and defending his mom, I thought was, I thought was beautiful. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and after seeing the mom, like, you know, like do it, like do what she can and the movie and, and that scene and that whole like setup where like, you know, you're seeing what's going on with Millie and you're seeing what's going on with Marcus and you're seeing what's going on with, with Evelyn. It felt very Hitchcock in a way. Cause there were, cause there were, there were moments of tension where like characters are in danger, but other characters don't know they're in danger. So they're not knowing to rush to help. So you're just like, how long are they going to like, how long can they last before the person gets there not knowing they need help? Right, it's that whole, like, bomb under the table Exactly. The audience knows the bomb's under the table, but the characters don't know, and it's all, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Except except that bomb is oxygen. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that bomb is oxygen. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, no, that's well put. Absolutely. Other little like like a like little trinkets of things that I liked. I like the um I like the uh, when she's walking by the uh, I think it's a train platform and there's all those high heels. Oh, I didn't catch that. So like and so she's walking by like a train platform because you know she's walking on these train tracks, mm-hmm. and she, and she walked by like a train station platform and like they're all like these abandoned high heels because and I was like why are they I'm like oh those all make noise. Like like yeah. like the high heels are so loud that nobody would wear them anymore. So like it's just all these abandoned like all these abandoned stilettos, and I was like, oh, I like that. Like like, like I just and it was just a moment. You know what I mean? And you know, in the same with uh, if you noticed in the opening scene in day one, Abbott happens to walk by that rocket on the shelf. Yeah, I did. I did catch that. But it was sure. but it was very but it was quick though. Like like it didn't linger on it, which I appreciated. Yeah, yeah. It's just like. Oh yeah, there's that. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh. Ah, uh, that rocket. <laughs> it's 
just it just gives you a twinge. <laughs> yeah, and then and then also like moments like like there's a moment with uh with my man uh Raimon Hansu. Ah, yeah. Brief. Brief yeah, moment. brief for sure. But um but just how like prepared he was to get shit done when shit goes wrong. You know what I mean? Like right. like everyone like like nobody's doing anything dumb, if you know what I mean. Generally speaking, like when like when, like when stuff goes down, the, like the people that have to the people that have to defend know what to do. They have stuff and like they have plans in place to, you know, help. <laughs> and it's not just like panicking and everybody's just dying and stuff like like that works for day one because no one knows no one knows what's going on. Right. But when you're like, you know, like, you know, day 400 and whatever into this, you like you like you better have some contingency set up. And yeah, and it, it seems like, oh, it, yeah, it seems like he, his plan obviously was to draw draw it away and yeah, away. You know, yeah, which is from, which, which you know, like it, you know, that's that's step one, right? And I love how he's honking and immediately, like, I love the car's already kind of like ready to go. It's like, all right, we're going right now. You know what I mean? And, and like, and we're honking, like, like follow me away from everybody else. Follow me, follow me. And I, and even though the scene was a bit cliche, I did like that he was worried that it didn't follow them all the way. Right. I won't say what happens. And so just like things like where like that does feel like what a real, like, you know, parent would feel like, right? If they like were trying to drive it away, but then it, but then got separated from it. And we're like, wait, did it go back? And is my family in danger again? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know what to do. And so I, and so I can understand that now the way that scene is staged, I feel is a bit cliche. <laughs> Yeah. Like you know, like uh, like I, I saw I saw it with my lady, and she was definitely like, "Oh come on, <laughs> that's all I was that's all I was saying on that." I I, I don't want to be I don't want to be spoilery, but uh, yeah. So uh, I, I guess I can hop into that. I guess I can hop into the one negative thing, unless you got anything else. Yeah, no, let's go for it. So so my boy Marcus Abbott decides to go exploring. Okay, cool. So we're in the same. So we're in the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why? Right. <laughs> just, just, Dude. just, just sit your ass down and wait for your mom to get back. She's only gone a couple hours. But There's literally no motivation. Nothing's ever said. There's no visual cues. Definitely no, no audio cues. There's nothing. Yep. <laughs> And that whole him being curious, uh, kind of, it, it 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 definitely makes a problem. And so I just feel like that need if that if he was just given some kind of cue or motivation to be to, like like to go out and look, I would be fine with that. But there were none. So it's like this feels like the only like it's the only thing that like it's the only moment that felt contrived to get the rest of the ball rolling you know what i mean right yeah absolutely like at first they kind of, there was kind of like a like a that uh bottle of liquor in the shot and i was like oh maybe he's like in pain or something and he's looking for a painkiller or something like that but there's just nothing nothing there yeah so i would say that that thing is that thing is the only real problem i have with the movie and so like i had to be like ah but but you ended strong so all right all right so we're good i'm gonna say we're good i'm gonna have to mark you down for that but uh yeah 
but you ended strong. And so, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about that. I don't want to be spoilery about it, but he definitely, right. he, 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 what he does definitely causes problems and it's not motivated by anything like you just said. <laughs> yeah. And it's never brought up. I mean, there's really no time, but like, yeah, it's just, you got just give, give me something. Right. <laughs> Good, but, and also, I guess it, 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 it was it was just a little jarring because everything else is so good. Right. That when, like, one thing is just, like, amateur hour, you're like, John, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like, all the rest of it's good. I like it. What's going on here? What happened? Yep. We just have a, you know, a slow day in the writer's room or just kind of breeze right over it? I'm not sure. Yep. I don't know. But could think of anything. Like anything, just you know, like you're a smart guy. Yeah, <laughs> I know something, right? Goodness. Uh yeah. But uh yeah. Uh, uh but if you got any, uh, did do you have anything else? Yeah, I, I do. I would say it might be more on like a quibble, and I tend to be a, the type of guy who likes like a tight and lean film with not a lot of fat to trim. Same here. But what's that? I, I said same here. I like it. I you know I like I, I like everything to have purpose. So <laughs> absolutely. That said, I feel like this movie could use just a, a little bit longer. Mm. Um, maybe, not much, maybe like... Ten minutes, maybe? Ten minutes, yeah. Like ten minutes, I would have liked a little tiny bit more uh, uh, from Killian Murphy, and then people on the dock and people on island, on the island. And I don't want to say too much about either of those, but I would have just liked a little bit more. It just felt like those scenes went, I don't know, it just felt a little quick. Yeah, they and definitely I came they, and went, but I, and I would definitely say I would have your, I have your, I definitely understand that you're like, like, can't, th- like, can't some of these moments like breathe a little more? Like what, like, what is this about? Right. Exactly. Is it, what what's going on here? What's their deal? Just let us like sit in the moment just for a second. I'm not asking for like another huge like set or you know action set piece or anything like that. Just like let yeah, let the scene breathe just a little bit longer. Yeah, I, I will. I will say. I, I will say. I did like the. Uh, I did like the moment. With um, when Jaiman Hansu was uh, was talking about the was talking about the boats, right? And how like there were twelve, but only two got out, <laughs> and that was just yeah. like, and it was all like just all that panic, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's just I, like, and like, and the way he just kind of lets it hang there, for, and then just kind of just like so anyway, like back to this, but just showing like how much panic can destroy like a good thing, you know? Yeah. Absolutely, and I thought, and I and, and I thought that was like, like that was a very uh, brief but very like you know like just kind of a powerful kind of a you know a side story on like where we go when we panic and like how it definitely hurts more than it helps. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But, but that that was just my thing. It's just yeah. I felt like 
I, I would have just liked those those few scenes to just breathe a little bit longer, five ten minutes longer. Yeah. I mean, this was this was a ninety seven minute movie, and you know probably not even that long with the the credits and stuff. You take those out, so just. Yeah, just a little bit longer, um, I think, would have been good. And for me to say that, it's, <laughs> I'm usually the guy saying, oh, I could cut off uh, a Right? It's like, just cut off a bit there, cut off a minute there. We don't need that. We don't need that. <laughs> and you're right, like... So when I'm like, no, give me, give me a little bit more. Give me a little bit more. I mean it. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're like, hey, you're like, hey, quiet, please. Just take a bite of this sandwich here, just a little bit. You're little, you're looking a little, a little too gaunt there. Maybe just a, you know, a little meat, on, a little yeah, more meat, please. Just a little bit, just a little bit. But uh, yeah, so, but I definitely, uh, I definitely agree with you on that first one, and then that was kind of my, my, my other one. Cool, cool. Well, you want to wrap this up with a, a, uh, a score, sir? Let's do it. Alright, so out of 10, what would you give A Quiet Place Part 2, my man? Alright, you know what, uh, sequels, sequels are tough to do. Oh yeah. They're, they're not easy, more times than not, um, they, they, they fall short, mm-hmm. and um, the ones that don't fall short, you tend to remember in, in your mind, and I absolutely love the first A Quiet Place. Uh, one of my, it was my top movie of the year, one of my top movies in the last couple years, and, uh, it's just, it had big shoes to fill, like you said, and I think it mostly did, for sure, I, I love that first one so much, I think this one comes in just a little bit lower, Mm -hmm. because I feel like the, the first one has a little bit higher highs. And just a little bit tenser moment, a little bit more emotion with the, the emotional like gut punch. And, oh yeah, that uh, gut punch is just heart wrenching. But it, it it was also kind of it would feel like it would feel wrong to ask that moment again, right? Right, right. And 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 like I said, they did right by not trying to retread. They tried something different, and I love that they did that. But that first one is almost perfect to me. Um, as close to perfect as you can get in a movie. So, that said, this movie gets really, really close. And I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Well, I think I'm looking in a mirror here because that's my score as well, Brian. A 9 out of 10 is what I want to give this. It would have had a 10 out of 10 had it not had that contrived. Uh, moment right. with uh with Marcus, so I was like, no, you're like like no like dude, you're on a path to perfection. You're on a path to a perfect sequel, and you dropped it at a nine out of ten. But you know what? That's okay. <laughs> a nine out of ten ain't bad. In fact, most in fact, there are probably like five sequels I can give a nine out of ten to in movies. Period. So yeah, yeah. So it, to say to say this movie doesn't hit the first one. But gets really close is saying a lot. It's like it's like it's like it's like I'm not asking for perfection. I'm just asking for great. Yeah. Like it's like it's like if I give this one a ten, just give me an, you know a nine to an eight point five. At you know I would allow an eight point five, but that's as low as I'll go. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But uh, and uh, and it was 
It's uh that uh, you and I always talk about that aftertaste, right? It's like it's yeah. like it's it's like what goes in first and what come you know what goes down last. So yeah, man, you always you know even if it, your beginning starts out rough, if you can land it at the end, that's what you remember. It's like yeah, that was a shitty burger, but this shake is fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, man. All right, cool, cool. Well, with that, I want to thank thank you guys for listening to At First Glance. Uh, you can listen to us on the Podbean app, and you can find us on the iTunes podcast app. And until next time, I'm Jeremy McKinley. I'm Brian Powers. And thank you for joining us.